Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Well, we are making our way through this month's series on mental emotional first aid. I'm so excited that you have joined me today, but let's get started. This month, we have been talking about how to change patterns in our life. We talked about habits and the habitual triggered thinking, triggered emotions, triggered feelings. How do I begin to move all the way into the core belief behind those triggered emotions, those patterns that sometimes we feel stuck in and that we want to move out of? How do we move all the way through into the core belief, establish what is the core belief and is that core belief actually just a lie? The last episode we talked about is your belief system BS and then we talked about how to pivot um, by the choice that you make, how your power of choice is actually what causes the pivot inside of you. So we've worked from this side all the way to this side. Now we've talked about the pivot and how do we begin to move back to this side so that we can change from the inside out instead of the outside in and really start walking in the patterns and the behaviors of who we want to be, right? We all want to walk in our fullness, um, in the fullness of our potential and in the fullness of our God design. So today we're going to be talking about taking authority and enforcing that choice. So we talked about that decision that you make to choose to believe what God is saying about who you are versus what your past has told you, your emotions are telling you, your uh, thoughts are telling you, your friends are telling you. Come on. Sometimes our circumstance is speaking one message and God is speaking a totally different message. And in that moment, we have to choose. That's that pivoting point. But we want to add authority to that choice. So I talked um, in the last episode about, we're talking about faithing it until you become it. We hear the phrase a lot of times, I'm going to fake it until I make it. Meaning I don't necessarily always feel what I'm choosing or uh, think what I'm choosing or see evidence of what I'm choosing it, choosing, but I'm going to choose on faith. Um, in Romans 4, 17, it says we must believe that uh, we believe that God who gives life to dead things and he calls things that are not as though they are. And that's what we're doing. We're going to bring life to the dead things in our life, those dead beliefs, those beliefs that are bringing us to not, not helping us move forward, not empowering us in our purpose, not empowering us in our dreams and in our visions. We want to bring life into those things and we want to call things um, that that are not as if they are. Meaning I may not necessarily feel accepted, but I'm going to call myself accepted in agreement with what God says um, because that's what really is despite how I'm feeling. Okay, so that was a lot of information. The point is, is we are now shifting to totally operating on faith um, because we live by faith. We don't live by feel. We don't live by our system. We don't live by our past. We don't live by our opinions. We don't live by the voices of those around us. Come on. We live by faith. So now we have pivoted and we're going to add to that pivot. We're going to add to that choice, the authority of scripture. So we are going to choose to believe on faith and we're going to add the authority of scripture behind that choice. Now, the scriptures become the lens in which we are now going to perceive and um, it is going to become the lens of our 
perspective as well. We started talking about how your core beliefs predetermine how you perceive what your perspective is that all that ultimately leads us to a paradigm that can be false because our core belief is a core lie. So now we have pivoted into a core truth. Our belief system is now coming into a truth and this truth is now what's going to predetermine how you perceive what your perspective is and ultimately the pattern that I walk in. So we've pivoted and now we're gonna to begin to move back through the process this way, only now we are founded on a sure foundation that is not shaky, it is not unstable, unstable, it is not a variable, it isn't dependent on my circumstances or the people around me, but it is solely dependent on the love of God, his truth and what he says about you. So the scripture becomes that lens now, on what basis do I choose to believe? Now, we're always looking for a basis, right? I like, like to tell people a lot of times when they believe something about themselves or they say something about themselves, I'll say, who told you that? Um, it's a great question to ask yourself when you discover that you're thinking something about yourself, like I am stupid or that was stupid or I can't believe I did that. All this negative self-talk, um, a lot of times we need to ask ourselves, who's telling me that? Who, who told me that? Who told me I'm not good enough? Who told me I'm not, um, I'm not loved? Who told me I'm not accepted? Who told me I had to perform perfectly in order to receive love? And what we will discover is a lot of times the answer to that is something other than the truth of God. So we have to have that basis, that authority of scripture. Now think about this question for me. What makes the words of a police officer more effective than any other person in a situation like a riot or if a if a police officer shows up at a party and says, hey, we need to clear out this room. Well, their word is more effective than any other person because he comes with the backing of the law. A police officer is not enforcing his own thoughts. He's not enforcing how he feels right now. Um, he's not enforcing what his opinion is in that situation. He is simply enforcing the law that he has been given. He has taken an oath to protect and enforce this law. In some regard, he, become, he comes into covenant with this law. Come on, now I'm giving you an example of the authority that we have because we are also, as a people of God, we are in covenant with the law of God. The Bible says that God has written his law upon our hearts, that his law is within us. That's what it says in the book of Jeremiah. His law is perfect and we have the right to enforce that law in our lives. Now I use that word enforcing a lot and because it denotes the idea of something that is already established and I'm just going to enforce that. I'm going to force that establishment to become true in my life. So when I say enforcing purpose, it means there's already an establishment of a purpose in your life given to you by God, woven into your heart. And all I'm going to do is force that establishment to come into fruition in my life. That's why I like the phrase enforcing purpose. Well, now we're going to enforce the choice, that pivot that we have chosen to make by backing it up with scripture. We're in some regard, we're going to throw truth at our lies. Um, we're going to choose to believe God and his law about what he says about who we are. And we're doing that by um, declaring the scriptures. 
Um, James says that it's the implantation of the word of God that sanctifies the soul. Now, when I use that word soul, I'm talking about my thinker, my feeler, and my picker. It's what I think, it's how I feel, and it's what I choose. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. That is my soul. My spirit is always totally in agreement with what God says is true. It is my soul that needs to get yanked, needs to be enforced into the truth of the law of where my spirit is at, what is true of me. So that's what, I'm, that's what that word is talking about when it says it's the word of God, the implantation when I begin to plant it into my heart by speaking it, declaring it, meditating on it acting upon it, I'm implanting that word into my heart and it's going to rescue those habitual thoughts, those habitual feelings that are often rooted in core lies, just a bunch of BS. Come on. I want you guys to be set free from this. So your spirit is already in agreement with what God says about you. It's your soul that needs to be yanked into truth. So we're working our way back towards the patterns on the outside, the paradigm that you're living in accord by shifting here. We talked about that pivot. Now we're going to begin to move towards back towards through the emotion, back towards the patterns and the behaviors that we're wanting to change. Now, I have mentioned my book, Enforcing You, several times. Several people have commented on my book, Enforcing You. It walks you through this entire process of intentional processing and thinking in order to change those habits in your life. So we talked about, um, in the book, I use the words define, identify, decide, declare and do. So that's what I'm walking walking you through. We talked about identifying the emotion uh, or de defining the emotion, identifying the message, deciding what I want to believe. And today we're talking about declaring. The last episode is going to be talking about doing, adding to your declaration and action. So I'm going to demonstrate this for you um, and how to declare the word in your life. Um, and I demonstrate this a lot. You can go to some of the mirror talks um, on my YouTube channel. We have gotten so good at declaring lies in our lives. The self-talk that goes through our mind continuously um, most of the time is not in alignment with what God is saying to you, what is God is saying about you. So we have to attack uh, that pattern in our mind by actually engaging in these declarations. So how do we do that? First, you're going to find a scripture to enforce your truth, meaning I'm looking to enforce who I really am in my God design. So we've walked through a lot of examples of how do I identify a core lie. So we've talked about a core lie of I am not good enough. Um, I am filled with fear. Um, I'm a coward. I am a failure. I am not loved. I'm unimportant. Uh, I have no value. I'm too fat. Uh, whatever it is, we all have core lies that we wrestle with. And the key to being set free from them is becoming into an awareness that we're living our life according to a lie, shifting that lie, and then enforcing the truth to come into play by using scripture. So that's what we're talking about today. Second, you're going to declare those things as true in your lives. Now, I like to break those down into two steps. I like to take the verse, then I like to declare to God. So I'm saying, God, you are. Uh, so I'm thinking about using words like, um, I receive, I agree. Um, I'm talking to God. The second part is I'm going to speak to myself. Okay. So first you're going to find a scripture to, and I'm going to give you guys examples of this. You're going to find a scripture to attack that lie. 
once you have that scripture, you're going to declare that scripture by speaking to God about agreeing with what he is saying. I agree with you, God. I receive with what you're saying. I agree that you got, you are a God who is good. I agree with your goodness. I receive your goodness. You are a God who is love. I receive your love. I agree with your love. Then you're going to begin to speak to yourself. You're going to make that shift. That's what those mirror talks are for. If you do not have a small mirror that you can carry around with you, I would recommend getting one because sometimes we just need to speak to ourselves and tell ourselves to start thinking right. Start thinking in accordance to what God says. So that would look like, God, you say you are love. love. I agree with you. You are love. I receive your love. I pull your love in. And then I would shift and say, Lisa, you are loved. You, you are loved loved. You carry the fullness of God's love within you. You receive the love of God. You are in agreement with God's love. So I'm going to begin to speak to myself in accordance to the law. I'm enforcing the law of his word in my heart. Instead of living to the according to the law of the land, we've got to live according to God's law. So that is uh, how we're going to do this practically. So let me give you an example. I'm going to give you the two top emotions um, and again, the core lie behind the emotion can be anything. Uh, but the two top emotions a lot of times are fear and anxiety that we deal with. So fear could be rooted in the message that I am not good enough. I am a failure. Um, I have to be all things to all people. I'm afraid of not being loved. I'm afraid of not being accepted. But we're looking at um, the emotion and the message, and then I want to attack that. So when I take a look at, um, I'm afraid and I operate in fear around people because I have a desire to be loved. My core belief is I have to be all of these things in order to receive the love of people. Um, therefore, I don't disagree. I'm afraid to give my opinion. All of those things comes from that core lie that I um, I have I'm, that I don't believe that I am loved. I'm not confident that I am loved, and therefore I change who I am in situations in order to get loved. Now. You can Google verses. You don't have to have them all memorized. Um, but in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear. So that's the verse I'm going to do to demonstrate with you. Um, remember, I'm going to first speak to God um, about what he is saying to me. I'm going to agree. I'm going to receive. I'm going to say, yes, God, I declare that you are. I'm going to adore him in that moment. And then I'm going to shift and I'm going to speak to myself. So what that might look like is something, and now remember, I've been doing this for years. I also teach it and train it. I do it every day with my clients. So it's okay if you aren't as smooth as what I'm doing. Just get started. Um, and again, lots of demonstrations of these um, in my books, Enforcing You and Enforcing Purpose. And the book that I'm writing, Enforcing Prayer, is just going to be filled totally with these types of examples. So, God, you say it's your perfect love that casts out all fear. So, God, I agree with you in your love. More importantly, God, I agree with you that you love me. I thank you, God, for the love you have for me, and I receive your love. And as I receive your love, I declare your word is true and that fear is being cast out of my mind. Mind. Fear is being cast out of my heart. I cast that, that fear out in the name of Jesus because your word says that as I pull in your love, as I come into the perfection of your love, that I am loved perfectly because you can't love less than perfectly. That fear is being removed from me right now in the name of Jesus. Now watch how I shift. Lisa, you are loved. 
You are loved perfectly. God says that his perfect love is upon you. And you are in agreement with that love. And so I speak to you and I tell you that there is no fear in you because God's perfect love is casting out all fears and where his presence and his love is Fear cannot abide or reside. So I speak to you and I tell you that you are not filled with fear, but you are filled with the fullness of his love in the name of Jesus. Okay, so I just did a demonstration for you right there um, so that you can see an example of how I started to not just shift and choose to believe that I, um, that I am not filled with fear, but rather I am loved. But then I backed it up. I brought in the authority of scripture to enforce that choice in my life. So these are practical examples. I'm going to give you one more. Uh, we're going to take a look at that anxiety. We know that it says in uh, the opposite of anxiety, of course, is peace and calmness, maybe sound mindedness, uh, maybe uh, your core belief in anxiety. Again, a lot of times is just fear, but a lot of times it is I have to um, I have to do all the things in order to live a life of peace. Or if I get more done in a day, then I'll that's what, how I accumulate peace in my um, life. Sometimes people uh, have a lot of anxiety who struggle with control. Um, I have to control things in my life um, in order to feel peaceful. Um, and if there are things in my life that I can't control, then I'm filled with anxiety. We have a lot of people who are, um, struggle with panic anxiety attacks because let's be honest, we can't control life. Um, so I might, um, I might take a, an opposite verse that says, God, you have ordained all the days in my life that your presence is with me. Um, you never leave me. You never forsake me. Um, therefore, God, I recognize your sovereignty. So I'm looking at those verses and I'm starting to already kind of go into those declarations because it's just so natural for me because I practice these things on a regular basis. God, you say that you've ordained all the days of my life and that my life is held in the palm of your hand. So I agree with you, God. I receive, God, the truth that my days have already been ordained. God, I repent of control, God, and I trust. I choose to trust that you are sovereign and that you, God, have all good things in mind for me. Now I'm going to shift, Lisa, all the days in your life, of your life, are in the palm of God's hand. So I speak to you the peace of God. I speak to you the calmness of God. I, I speak out of you anxiety and control because you are in the full agreement that God has ordained all the days of your life. I might also use the verse out of Philippians 4 that says, Being anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving of heart to grant your requests before the Lord and the peace of God that transcends your understanding will guard your heart and mind until the day of Christ Jesus. This verse is giving me the authority to stand on that says, If I engage in the act of thankfulness and praise and worship, that there is a peace that would come upon me and will cast out all of my anxiety. So I'm going to do the declaration to God. I declare and I decree God that as I adore you and as I praise you that you are good and that all things that come from your hand are good for me. I declare and I agree with you that anxiety is leaving me and that your peace is exchanging within my heart that I'm exchanging that anxiety for your peace and the peace of God is beginning to calm my heart, calm my mind. Now I'm going to declare it to myself where I say, Lisa, you are not 
filled with the anxiety of God, but instead your heart is filled with praise and thanksgiving. I speak the peace of God into you, just as he has promised that he will exchange your, your anxiety for his peace, that his peace is beginning to reside in your heart and in your mind. I speak to you to be thankful that your heart is filled with gratefulness and that you are living and breathing and speaking a praiseworthy life, giving adoration to God all the days, and that as you do, his peace will continue to grow within you in Jesus name. So I'm just giving you examples here of how to back that choice up with scripture. We've got to enforce the truth in our lives with the authority of scripture. All right. So I want you to practice these daily to attack your core lies. You guys have got to be proactive. That's what it means to gird yourself up, to put on the armor of God so that in the day of battle, you will stand. Don't wait until you're in the battle to try and scramble for these. Absolutely. You want to do it when you're in the battle, but the more proactive you can get and practice these things, the more that pivot is going to be enforced and behaviors and patterns are going to begin to shift in your life. All right. So we have one final episode. Um, we're going to be talking about the power of your action and how we add to the word your action in order to equal the outcome, the paradigm, the promise of God. We want everybody to be walking in the fullness of their God design and their purpose. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.